You know, it's amazing to me that what the Holy Spirit does to orchestrate events that we have no control over. And I'm going to give you an example of it right here. Today, nobody in this room knows that I'm going to teach on the importance of prophecy. And there's three prophetic words in the house today. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit knows what He's doing, not me. Come here, Miss Anita. I want you to share the vision that you had about the altar. Listen to this prophetic dream. I saw... I saw people come up. And it was a line from that wall to that wall. And they all got down on their knees... And they were hungry. They had not received their salvation. And I don't know when they're going to be baptized. But I'm hoping that it'll be real soon. Amen. Come on. She saw a prophetic vision of the altar full of people. Why don't you thank the Lord for that? Come on. Let's believe that God wants to save souls and there's an altar full of people. Amen? Father, we thank you for the prophetic vision and we believe we receive it right now in Jesus' name. The second one came from Justin. Justin, this morning in prayer. I'm going to do my best to read it. Yeah, thank you. Before Anita gave her vision, Justin had this vision. And this is what he sees. As the Father draws us faithful unto him, the darkness befalls the entire earth. Fear not. Rejoice in him. Just because, I mean, because just as the enemy's arrogance of victory is at hand, God Almighty unleashes his love. His glory and a light as bright as that of a nuclear ex explosion across the entire face of the earth. In a flash, the enemy is defeated. The darkness is extinguished, and the time of God's glory is at hand. Hallelujah. 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 How many of you like to receive a personal word of prophecy? Something that God would say directly to you. Michael, I thank you for being a visitor among us. Would you make him feel welcome? He's, he's a little put on the spot for the moment. Thank you for being here. The Lord would say to you, I don't waste time. And I don't waste experience. I don't do that. I know where you were and I know where you are. And I, these scripture verses keep bubbling up in me. And I'm going to read them to you. There's 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 20. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal. Now listen, Michael. The Lord knoweth them that are his. He knows them that are his. He says, I know you're mine. I know you're my son. I know you believe in me. He says, in a great house, they're not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. Listen, God doesn't waste time and experience, and there's all types of vessels that are used for all kinds of things. Is there not? I mean, we use different tools for different jobs. He said, just because you look different and just because you come from a different place and just because you have a different background and just because you may not be like everybody else or look like everybody else, you're, you're a tool in my hand. And I'll use you if you let me. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank you for Michael and I ask your blessings upon him, your empowerment upon him. Bless your, your, your son today, Father, my brother, in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say with me. Amen. Amen. I'm going to switch microphones. 
You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is he good? If you have your Bible this morning, you can open up to Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah chapter 46, we're going to look at verses 9 through 11. Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 through 11. Now, I want to talk to you to this morning about the importance of prophecy. And it's, no, it's, it's so important that the Lord did this for us. Amen? Amen? I mean, you can't orchestrate these things. God does some amazing things. So I want to talk to you about the importance <coughs> of prophecy. I want to talk to you about what prophecy is and why you need to begin. If you haven't been studying prophecy, you need to start studying prophecy uh, because prophecy does something tremendous for all of us. Prophecy is the, re the Lord revealing future events. Prophecy is history written in advance. So the prophetic word is God says, I know what I'm doing. I know the end from the beginning. I'm the one who's in control of it all. And he leaks his secrets. And he tells people what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and how it's going to happen all the time. So here it is in Isaiah 46, verse number 9. The prophet Isaiah is prophesying and he's writing what the Lord is telling him. And he writes, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. That's powerful right there. He said, I am the great I am, man. I am it. I am God and there's no one else. I'm it. Look at verse number 10. This is God speaking. He says, declaring the end from the beginning. And from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do Oh, my pleasure. God says, I'm declaring the end from the beginning. I see what's going on. I know it all. I know the final outcome, and I'm going to leak it to my church. I'm going to tell them everything. Your Bible is your answer to what's going on in everything. Amen. Listen, declaring the end from the beginning, he says, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. You need to understand that with all that's going on in the world today, yes, Satan is the God of this world. He's the God of this air. He's the God of this, this place, uh, the, the realm that we're in. But he's, he's only God in this lower realm where our God's the God of the universe. He's the God of the universe. Satan is a puppet in the hands of Almighty God. He thinks he's got something that he's doing, but he really can't do anything because he's God's little puppet. And he's, he, he has some, some ability to do some things, but God says, no, my counsel shall stand. I will do my pleasure. Verse 11 says, calling the, the ravenous bird from the east, the man that exalteth my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it, I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it. And, it, and, I should, and I will also do it. Hallelujah. God says, I'll call the bird. I'll call the man. I'll set the bird on a course. I'll set the man on a course. I'll bring it to pass. I've purposed it. I also do it. See, that's prophecy. That's God saying, I'm going to do it. And you know who can stop me from doing it? Nobody. Nobody. I've already written it down. So prophecies, prophecies, you could call them predictions. Uh, they're history written in advance. 
and God reveals these things. So I want to share with you that in history, they wrote about, in the Bible, the prophets all wrote about the coming of Messiah to Israel. So all of the Old Testament was prophesying Messiah is coming. They, they wrote about it all the time. It was everywhere. And all of Israel, based on the prophetic word of God, they were looking for what? Messiah. Everybody was hungry for Messiah. Why? Because when the Messiah came on the scene, he was going to change everything. That was the prophetic word. When Israel got those words about Messiah, you know what it did for them? It gave them great hope. It's not over. This is what prophecy does. If you'll read prophecies in your Bible, they'll give you great hope that what God said he'll do, he'll do. Amen. What God said is going to happen, will happen. He promised Messiah and he delivered Messiah. He promised Jesus was going to come, and Jesus came. Hallelujah. See, it gives you great hope. It gives Michael today great hope that he knows that God knows where I'm at. He knows what I'm doing. He, I'm a vessel in his hand, and he can use me if I let him. I don't know about you. That's, a, that's, a, that's an awesome thing to know that God knows right where I'm at. God knows he'd be here today. God knows the altar's going to be full of people. God knows that there's going to be a nuclear explosion of his glory that envelops the whole earth and takes out the enemy in a nanosecond. <laughs> Predictions. Predictions. So Israel, Israel received great hope because of the prophetic word Messiah was coming. So biblical hope, here's a definition of it, it not only desires something good for the future, but it expects it to happen. See, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. We're not talking about deferred hope. It's like, I hope, I'm hoping and praying. You're, no, you're, you're missing if you're saying stuff like that. I hope this will happen. That's not the kind of hope. I hope my Steelers will win today. That's not the kind of hope God's talking about. Daniel last night was on his couch hoping Alabama would win. They pulled it out in the end. But that's not the kind of hope God's talking about. God's talking about a surety. God's talking about biblical hope. It desires something good for the future, and it absolutely expects it's going to happen. Israel was believing and hoping and looking for Messiah to come. Where is he? Amen. So my question to you is, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Where's, where's your hope? Your hope is when you find the prophetic word and you stand on that prophetic word and say, man, that's it. I'm doing that. I'm hoping for that. I'm believing that comes to pass. When? Right now. I'm hoping for it. What are you hoping for? All right, so in Luke chapter 3, verse number 15, I want to show you how Israel was, if you turn to Luke 3, 15, I want to show you how Israel was so excited and so in hope of Messiah coming. I mean, they are chomping at the bit, the whole nation. Now, I'm not just talking one church. I'm not just talking one family. I'm talking about the entire nation was sitting on the edge of their seat thinking, where's Messiah who is he? When's he going to come? It was the talk of the town. It was the talk at dinner, at every holiday, at every, every meal. Who's the Messiah? When's Messiah coming? And they read all those prophetic words and they're looking for him. That's the kind of hungry people we should be as a church. Amen? Amen. Looking for it, anticipating it, expecting it to happen. Walking in these doors and not just sitting in seats and, and, and you know, singing some, oh, we love you, we'll never come. Are we done yet? What time is it? Time's the game. Let me check my email. Oh, they're still singing that same song. Oh, you know. No. That's not, that's, I don't know what that is, but that's not hoping, that's not expecting, that's not believing, that's not engaging. The Bible calls that apathy. The Bible calls it pathetic. The Bible calls it lukewarm. The Bible says if you're that way, I wish you weren't. 
I wish you were either freezing cold or boiling hot. What do you want to be? You have the choice. You know what I want to be? Boiling hot. Am I boiling yet? No. Am I boiling yet? No, but I'm trying to get there. Am I boiling over? No. Do I, do I got much, is the fire lit? Mm-hmm. Some, of you, some people don't even have the fire lit. They're, they're running on coals. All right, so Luke 3.15, here's their hope. The prophetic word comes, and, and the Bible says this in Luke 3.15, now as the people were in expectation. The people were in expectation. And they all reasoned in their hearts whether John was the Messiah or not. John the Baptist steps on the scene and he's preaching. He's a boiling pot, Danny. He is boiling over. He is on fire. He is just giving it to him. He's baptizing people and God's moving. And the whole nation showed up and said, Oh, that's the Messiah. Danny, is that him? Read that scripture again. That's got to be him. Paul, look at what did Isaiah say? That's, I mean, they were looking for him. They had to see expectation. Where's your expectation today? Do you have any expectation today? Do you know if you expect nothing, you'll get nothing? If you believe nothing, you'll receive nothing? I'm encouraging you today, light the fire. Light the fire. Biblical hope not only desires something good for the future, but it expects it to happen. They fully expected it to happen. Now we're going to fast forward to our day. That was back then. Do you know that in your Bible, there's 216 chapters in the New Testament. And out of 216 chapters in the New Testament, there's 318 references or prophetic words of the second coming of Jesus. 318. How many do you know? Anybody? Does anybody know one? That's my point. My point is they can't be something off in the distance because you can't hope for something you don't know. You can't expect for something you don't know. There's 318 specific references to Jesus coming. And I'm telling you, God's given us these prophetic words and these 318 prophetic words to give us biblical hope, to give us an expectation and a desire, just like he did for the Old Testament saints, Messiah's coming. The New Testament church should be over here saying, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Oh, I thought somebody would have said something there. My goodness. I mean, Paul's back there. I mean, I know we're live. Welcome to the Mission Church. We get a little excited around here. Biblical hope. So we're living in a day when there's a lot of despair. You know, in their day, there was a lot of despair. We're living in a day where their souls were overwhelmed. We're living in a day where our souls can be overwhelmed too. Our mind, our will, our emotions can all be overwhelmed. They were in despair. We can be in despair. Their souls were heavy. Our souls can be heavy. They were restless. We can be restless. There's a lot of restlessness going on today. Restless. Have you ever been disturbed? They were disturbed in their day, and there's a lot of disturbing things going on in our day. Disturbing. I want you to turn to Psalm 42 and verse number 5, what David wrote. This is what David wrote about despair, about restlessness, about being disturbed. Psalm 42 and verse number 5, David writes. Psalm 42 and verse number 5. David begins to talk to himself. 
He begins to talk to his mind and his will and his emotions. He begins to talk to his body. And I'm encouraging you, you better start talking to yourself in these last days. You better find some prophetic verses that Jesus is coming and start standing on them and get your expectation that Jesus is coming. And you need to start looking for them. You need to start believing it's happening. It's happening. This is really going to happen. And you start speaking to your mind, your will, your emotions, your body. This is what David did, Psalm 42, 5. He asked, his, he asked himself, why are you in despair, O soul? And why have you become restless and disturbed within me? Listen to what he says. Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Church, I'm telling you right today, hope in God and wait expectantly for him. In all of this despair and all this turmoil and all this junk, hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Mandy, hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Terry, hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Joe, hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Sally, hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Diane, hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Messiah is here. Messiah is going to return. Church, I'm telling you, Jesus is coming. And your expectations should start to climb up. Now, I understand that, okay, you would say, Pastor, we're about to have our second funeral today and our hearts are heavy. You know what Jesus said to do in that moment? In grief, the oil of joy. Put on some joy. You know how you encourage yourself? You do this. You force yourself to put a smile and you say, glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. I worship Jesus. You force yourself. You put on joy for gladness. You put on music for despair. You dance even though your body says, I don't want to. And your mind, your will, and your emotions are saying, I'm sad. You say, nah, hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Listen, he goes on to say, For I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Mr. Ron, I'm encouraging you, sir, hope in God and wait expectantly for him. It's not over, Ron. It is not. I know you're sad today. Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. In these last days, our mind and our will and our emotions can be very overrun with despair and restlessness, and be disturbed, David tells us to hope in God and wait expectantly for him. See, the Lord reveals these future events for us as people in order to prepare us ahead of time. The prophetic word about end-time events in the Bible is written for our hope and expectation that God is coming to get us. He's coming to get us. The revealing of these secrets and these mysteries of the end-time events is to prepare us. Over Thanksgiving dinner, I'm sitting across from a friend, and he said, what are you encouraging your congregation to do? He said, I'm encouraging my people or myself and my family, bullets, beans, and Bible. (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) Bullets, beans, and Bible. You know what I'm preparing you with? Something better than bullets, beans, and the Bible. Well, the Bible's what I'm really hitting for. He can have his bullets. He can have his beans. I'm giving you something that can never fail, the Bible. Amen. And I'm telling you, if you'll put your hope and expectation in the 318 prophetic verses about Jesus and his second coming, you'll have something to live for in a world that's going straight to hell. You'll have something to wake up for and to live for and put a smile on your face when the economy goes in the toilet. You'll have something to stand up and live for when the stores close down and there's nowhere to go and there's nothing to do. You can wake up and say, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I'm taking the train out of here. Glory be to his holy name. See, that's an expectation of hope. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. The Bible talks about these prophetic signs, these prophetic things, these 318 prophetic pictures of the second coming of Jesus. Well, it's the rapture of the church and the second coming of Jesus to bring us into this great expectation. And when we see these things that are at hand, 
the Bible says when you see these signs, it's just like driving down the highway, and you're driving down the highway, and all of a sudden you see a highway sign. And you're driving down the highway, and if you're, if you're, like, if you're like me, I'm riding with Joe and Stephanie, and all of a sudden Stephanie goes, Woo! Bucky's 100 miles! <laughs> and the whole car goes, Yay! Joe goes, We're going to Bucky's. You know what happens in the car? Everybody gets excited because they know in 100 miles we're going to Bucky's. The sign told you here that what to expect in 100 miles there. When I get 100 miles from here, Bucky's. Yay! We walk into Bucky's and all of a sudden Brother Paul just disappears. Poof! He walks in the door, he's like a little kid. Come, jump, 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 jump. Where's Paul? I don't know. He comes back. He's got bags and stuff. And I bought this for Diane. And I got this for me. And I got a sandwich. Which sandwich did you get, Stephanie? Oh, I should have got that one. Oh, got it. Then he says, I'll cut mine in half. You give me half of yours. Did you see this place? Oh, my gosh. I love Bucky's. Okay. That's the 318 references to the Lord's second coming. Jesus says, I know you're here, but in 100 miles, I'm coming. I know you're right here and you're looking for Bucky's, but I'm telling you, when you see these signs, these road signs that are right in front of you in 100 miles, it's not Bucky's, it's the rapture of the church. Glory to God. It's the rapture. I can live for the rapture. I got nothing else to live for. I mean, what else are you going to live for? Of course, I live for my family and all those other things. Those are, of course, that. Yeah, we're going to do all that. But I got nothing to live for anymore. I'm going to make that rapture. Brother Paul, I'm going to make that rapture. I'm going to make that rapture. I'm going to make it. Make it. There's 318 road signs that are telling you the rapture of the church is coming. The Lord has given us these things to prepare us that these end time prophecies are here. So I'm here to tell you what John wrote. John, Jesus in the Gospel of John said, when you see these things coming upon the earth, don't let your heart be troubled. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome it. And because I've overcome it, you place your faith in me, and I give you faith that overcomes the world. I can't do it, but he can. So I'm here today to say, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your spirit be troubled. Don't let your mind be troubled. Don't let your emotions be troubled. Don't worry. Don't fret. Don't be anxious. Don't be overwhelmed in the name of Jesus. Don't do it. I encourage you today to hope in God and wait expectantly for him. In 100 miles, we're going to hit Bucky's. And Bucky's just might be our secret code word for the rapture of the church. <laughs> I'll see you at Bucky's. Because the underground church has to talk in code. And maybe we have to talk in code too. Justin, I'll see you at Bucky's. Hey, man, I'll see you at Bucky's. Hey, brother, I'll see you at Bucky's. And we're all talking about the end, the second coming, the rapture of the church. I'm going to be at Bucky's, man. Now, some of you are excited about the real Bucky's. They're building one right down the street from my house. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I live in Pascochian, and they're building one in Pascochian. And it's going to be right, it's going to be like five minutes away, Danny. Hallelujah. All right, so here's some road signs. Road signs to the second coming of Jesus. Well, I have to say it correctly. Road signs to the rapture of the church and then the second coming of Jesus. Road signs. The Bible says, like days of Noah on the earth. It's going to be like days of Noah on earth when all the hearts of men are evil. Do you see that? Yes, I see that. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. There's deception. Right now we're experiencing worldwide deception. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 when the disciples asked him, what's it going to look like at the end? Jesus said, do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. So worldwide deception is a major road sign. To the, second, to the rapture of the church and the second coming of Jesus. Wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation. Okay? You say this has been going on for a long time. No, no, no. Yes, it has. 
But today's different because we're in, we're in Bible prophecy time because the Jews are in Israel and the Jews have Jerusalem and the Jews are at war. And it hasn't been that way since up until 1948. Amen. That's how powerful this is. Perilous times. How many of you see perilous times? When you see these road signs, know this, Messiah's coming. When you see these road signs, know this, the rapture of the church is coming. When you see doctrines of demons. You know what a doctrine of a demon is? When we take biblical, time-tested, bedrock scriptures that America built on and we throw them out. And we destroy the family by saying um, um, uh, a family is no more a man and a woman. That a man can marry a man. That is a deception. That's a doctrine of devils. M women can marry women. I'm sorry that's not the way God created us. Even creation knows better. Amen. Even creation knows better. And you should be a whole lot smarter than a donkey. I wanted to say something different there, but I thought of Brother Paul. He's, I thought, I better not say that other word, Brother Danny. <laughs> In just a minute, you'll figure it out. <laughs> I really wanted to say it, but I'll refrain. My wife's back there shaking her head thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm glad he didn't say it. She said 15 years ago he would have said it. Some of you in the room thinking, what was he going to say? Tell her, tell, tell Nick, Mandy, he'll know it. <laughs> he'll know it. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. I'm going to quickly mark some of these road signs. I want you to see them. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9 was written about 64, 65 A.D. Listen to these road signs. It was written in 64 or 65 A.D. We're talking almost 2,000 years ago. This is what they wrote. This is the prophetic word. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, road sign. Lovers of money, road sign. Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, major road sign. How about this one? Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous. Without self-control, brutal, boasters, and lovers of good. Verse 4, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, have nothing to do with such people. Listen to those road signs. When you see these road signs, when you see these road signs, they're glaring road signs that God says, when you see these things, I'm telling you the rapture of the church is coming. I'm telling you my second coming is happening. I will be in the clouds and call my people home, and then there'll be great tribulation on the earth. In 100 miles, we'll be at Bucky's. Hallelujah. In 100 miles, you're about to be at Bucky's. Why? How do you know this? Because America's in a dark place. I'm at, all those things we just saw, I want to just paint a picture of America. America is in prophecy. Today is in a dark place. Never before in America have we seen such lawlessness. Today. We've, said, we've had lawlessness before, but we have seen lawlessness at an entirely new degree that we've never seen before. Amen. Lawlessness, corruption, immorality at a level that the Bible calls perilous times, terrible times in the last days. Never before in America have we seen these terrible times. Never before, Brother Danny, has there been such apathetic, incompetent government leadership in the history of America. Amen. It's a road sign to you that says you better get ready because at the highest level of government, it's pathetic, it's corrupt, it's terrible, it's incompetent. Never in this country... And where we had an American president and his son be led by a foreign government of China for the destruction of America. Amen. 
Chinese surveillance balloons fly over the entire country, filming strategic military sites and sending back real-time information to China, and we just let them do it in the name of Jesus? It's wrong. What is it? It's a glaring sign of terrible times. I'm telling you what it is. You say, well, Andrew, we shot it down. Yeah, after across the entire nation and they got all the information they could possibly get. Yeah, then we shot it down. I'm just going to say it as plain as I can say it. I swore an oath on the Bible to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And so did our president and all those people in Congress. And I'm telling you what this is. You know what it's called? It's called treason. That's what it's called. It's called treason. And if they won't say it, we'll say it. And the church has got to stand up and say it's treason and it requires impeachment. Wake up, America. This is a sign. This is a sign. When you see these signs, don't let your heart be troubled. Hope in God and wait expectantly for Him. The sign is saying, Bucky's in 100 miles. Bucky's. In a hundred miles. Remember, Bucky's is our code word for rapture of the church. Rapture of the church. Never have we seen open borders in America where they've let millions of undocumented people, terrorists from other nations that hate us, come across the border and to come into our country undocumented and we don't even know where they are. By the millions You know what I'm calling it? Treason. A country with, without any borders isn't a country. I'm going to say some things about these road signs. I'm giving you road signs because if you see these signs, these are the signs that the end is coming. What's the end? Bucky's the rapture of the church in 100 miles. In 100 miles, I'm going to be at Bucky's and I'm out of here. You say, why Bucky's, Andrew? Well, if you're walking to Bucky's, it's one big great party, man. Woo! Everybody runs in the store and goes, man, I can go shopping. I can get brisket. Man, I go in the back wall and I have, as long as this wall is here, it's coffee, 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 coffee. Oh, man, international coffee, great coffee. I mean, I just walk down the line. What kind of coffee am I going to get this time? Oh, I'm trying this one. Brazilian. <laughs> Bucky's is a party. Danny, when we're raptured out of here, son, it's going to be glorious. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to tell you about a sign. Iran is funding the terrorism and is the head of the snake in the Middle East. Iran is. Iran is the one that has formed the plan and funded the plan of these attacks with Islamic terrorists against the nation of Israel. So you call them Hamas. I'm going to tell you who they are. They're Islamic terrorists. That's who they are. Listen to what Iran has said. Iran has openly stated, as never before, that we desire to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. And as soon as we get a nuclear weapon, we're going to use it against Israel. They have openly said it. They're going to do it. Iran calls America the great Satan. Iran calls Israel, the little Satan, and calls for both of our destructions openly in the street. And the tragic thing is, our president, Joe Biden, and his incompetence gave them $6 billion. You know what's called, church? Treason and impeachment. Treason and impeachment. Wake up, America. This is a sign that Jesus is coming. This is a sign. People get ready. Jesus is coming. When you see these signs, don't let your heart be troubled. Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Hope in God. Wait expectantly for him. You should be thinking, man, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Iran is bombing us, and we're bombing Iran, and Iran's trying to get us into the war, and we're trying to protect ourselves, and most of America doesn't even know that we're bombing Iran, and Iran's bombing us. And there's war in the Middle East. When you see these signs, Bucky's is in 100 miles. Matthew 24, 12, because of law, because lawlessness will be increased. Jesus said, when you see lawlessness increased, 
We have never seen in America this degree of lawlessness in America ever. We've been lawless, but we haven't been this lawless. We've been lawless in the past, but in the past, we haven't called for, for the destruction of the police and law and order. We just want to get away with all the police, do away with all the policemen, hate all the policemen, hate all the sheriffs, hate anybody that has to do with law and order. Matter of fact, we don't even need them anymore. Let's just get them out of here. You know what that's called? Anarchy. Anarchy. It's anarchy. Trust me, you don't want anarchy. I was, in, I was in Mogadishu, Africa for Black Hawk Down, and I saw anarchy, Danny. We don't want anarchy. You don't want it. Riots burning down our cities while the police stand and watch. They're allowed to riot. No, they're allowed to peacefully protest. Huh? The Bible says peacefully protest. As soon as you start burning down buildings, you're supposed to go get them and stop them and take them away. And amen goes right there. The seven mountains of society, government, media, education, entertainment, religion, family, and business have all abandoned the Ten Commandments. They've abandoned the Ten Commandments. This is a glaring sign. This is a glaring road sign on the road that says, I'm coming. The rapture is the church is coming. Today, socialist teachers, uh, teachers unions brainwash children to becoming transgender. They're doing it at five years old. And now they want to do it where the parents don't even have to be notified. My goodness, this is terrible. They're trying to take a young boy and make him a girl and a young girl and make him a boy. I'm telling you, it's demonic and it's wrong. And we as the church need to de demand morality from our government today. Amen. You need to demand morality from your government. Amen. Demand it. Yeah. And if you don't stand for morality, then you're out. America needs a return to righteousness before it can be saved. America needs to return to righteousness before she can be saved. No politician can do that. There's no politician that can do that. The Bible says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is the reproach of a people. The Bible says blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people he chose for his inheritance. You know who makes the choice? We do. That president in, in Pennsylvania Avenue can do anything he wants, but they no longer speak for me. Amen. You hear me? They no longer represent me Amen. because I don't represent what they stand for. I believe for righteousness, and they don't. When you see these things, church, don't let your heart be troubled. Hope and wait expectantly for God. Say that with me. Hope in God. Wait expectantly for Him. Hope in God. Wait expectantly for Him. This is what you're to do. Hope, David wrote in Psalm 42, hope in God and wait expectantly for Him. His soul was downcast. His soul was in despair. He had all this trouble, all this emotional stress and chaos going around him. And he stopped and he said, stop it. I'm going to hope in God. And I'm going to wait patiently for Him. And while I'm doing it, I'm going to give Him my praise. Hallelujah. Two thousand and twenty-four. We're about to vote for a new president. My encouragement to you is vote for a president that least a uh, vote for a president that at least loves America. Amen. At least loves America. Vote for a president that will uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, listen, foreign and domestic. We have some serious domestic people that need to be dealt with. All the Muslims in Congress and that squad need to be dealt with. We need to have a president who will put America first, a president that will stand for law and order, a president that will protect our borders, a president that will stand for our biblical values in which our country was founded upon. Stand for righteousness and remain true to Israel as a number one devout ally. We'll never leave Israel's side.
Church, I'm telling you, in these last days, don't let your love grow cold. Don't let your love grow cold. The Bible says if you're not careful, your love will grow cold. Don't let your love grow cold. Listen to me, church. When it looks impossible, Jesus the Christ, the God of all hope, shows up. When it looks impossible, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, shows up. When it looks impossible and it looks like nothing's going to happen, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. The rapture of the church is near. Glory be to God. Look up, pack up, because we're going up. Signs of the end of the time, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 3. In the latter days, there's going to be scoffers, is what the Bible calls them. Scoffers. Scoffers. They'll scoff. They won't believe to be a scoffer in these last days. They'll be a scoffer about the last days, about Israel, about the church, about the rapture of the second coming. It's a, uh, to, to be a scoffer means that you're uh, divisive. You're mocking and you're scorning it. Like, oh, come on, man. Get real. Are you serious? You really believe that? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yes, I believe it. I'm going to Bucky's. In about 100 miles, I'll be there. Scoffers, they laugh. They talk about it in a, in a scornful way. They think it's stupid. They don't believe the rapture. They don't believe the Bible. They don't believe the road sign. They just go right on living like it doesn't matter, just like in the days of Noah. Amen. I'm telling you, church, Jesus is coming. Amen. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. That's what Jesus said. We should be looking for him. The Old Testament, they were looking for Messiah. They were in the whole nation was an expectation looking for Messiah. The church should be all an expectation every time the doors open, in church, every time the door is open for every service, every prayer meeting, every Bible study, and they're turning off everything else because Jesus is coming and they're looking for the second coming of Jesus. Amen. That's the kind of church God's looking for. Hope excited, looking. Today's the day. Today's the day. Is today the day? Maybe it's today. And you say, well, Andrew, how are we supposed to live that way? They've been saying this all this time for years and years. They haven't had the road signs that we have. They haven't had the road signs that we have. So they haven't had the road signs that we see. See, because up until the 1900s, there wasn't an explosion of knowledge that you can read about in Daniel chapter 12, verse number 4. The Bible says that knowledge shall be increased and there'll be a knowledge explosion all over the world. And there was a knowledge explosion in the 1900s and we went from horse and buggy to automobiles and jet planes. You went from dying of simple colds and, and the flu to eradicating them, polio, Measles, mumps, rubella, and we eradicated diseases. And today you can live longer because we've just blown up with medicine. We went from, we went from a telegram to a cell phone to a supercomputer. Knowledge explosion. Knowledge explosion. Listen, it hasn't happened like this since the 1900s. They haven't had that sign. It's a road sign. It's a glaring road sign. When you see these things, church, don't let your heart be troubled. Hope in God and wait expectantly for Him. Hope in God. The greatest sign of our lifetime, the greatest sign, the greatest prophetic sign of our lifetime is the regathering of the nation of Israel. When the Jews went home to Israel, it is the greatest road sign in the history of road signs. The restoration of Israel was prophesied to, and it happened. You can read about it in Ezekiel chapter 24, I mean Ezekiel 36, 24 through the end of the chapter. You can read Ezekiel and read all about how God's going to disperse the Jews all over the world. And the Jews will be dispersed, but they'll never lose their heritage. 
They'll be dispersed all over the world. Russia's going to kick them out. Spain's going to kick them out. Every country they go to, they hate them and persecute them. The Germans tried to eradicate them off the face of the earth, and they could not. There's one ancient civilization today alive on the face of the earth from Bible times. There's one. Israel. God's people. You can read about it in Isaiah 66 and verse number 8. The nation was born in a day, Brother Danny. The nation was born in a day. It's one of the greatest prophetic road signs. When you see these things, church, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God and put your hope in Him. The next greatest event on God's calendar is we go into Bucky's. <laughs> we go into Bucky's. Anybody want to go? Anybody want to take a little trip? Anybody want to take a little trip with me and go to Bucky's? Joe and Stephanie want to go. Stephanie loves Bucky's. You're watching online, they're thinking, man, these people got some weird fetish with Bucky's. No, man, we're talking in code. Bucky's is the rapture of the church. In a hundred miles, we'd be at Bucky's, and when we get there, man, we are out of here. I'm telling you, there's every road sign, glaring road sign. There's prophetic road signs all around us telling you that the next thing that's going to happen to you and to me is if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the trumpet of God's going to sound. The archangel's going to step out, and he's going to blow the trumpet of royalty. And the King of kings and Lord of lords is going to come off the throne and step out into the clouds. And he's going to call the dead in Christ. They're going to come up out of their graves and they're going to go up into the sky. And then we, which are alive and remain, we're going to be caught up into the sky. We're going to be caught up in the clouds in the twinkling of an eye. And we're going to be with the Lord. And bless God, we're out of here. We go in the buckies. Hallelujah. When you see these things, don't let your heart be troubled. If you don't start looking at prophecies, if you don't start looking up these 318 prophetic voices that are screaming from the New Testament Bible, the rapture's coming, Jesus is coming. You know that there's only four books in the New Testament that don't talk about it? Four books. Two of them were one-page letters to specific people. One of them is another letter, Galatians, talking to a whole other church about a whole other subject. I'm telling you, four books don't talk about it. Vaguely, every other book in the New Testament has every prophetic road sign talking. When you see this, look up. He's coming. When you see this, look up. He's coming. In the book of Acts, chapter number one, Jesus is on a mountain. And all of a sudden, the Bible says he ascended before them right in their sight. And they watched him go up into the heavens. And they stood there on, on that mountain, and they watched him go. And when they couldn't see him anymore, these angels appeared and said, Boys, what you doing? Why are you gazing up into the heavens like this? They said, Do you know who that was who just left us? And the angel said, He's coming back in the same way you saw him go. <laughs> He's going to come back in the same way. Church, I'm telling you, look up. I'm telling you, look up. On the mountain that he left on is the very same mountain he's going to return on. See, if you know Bible prophecy, it's the same mountain where Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac. It's the same mountain. It's the same mountain that Moses got them scriptures from. It's the same mountain. It's the same mountain where Jesus on a cross. It's the same mountain. The same place. He left. And one day He's coming back. First, we're going to go with them. First, we're going to go to Bucky's. We're going to have a great party. 
We're going to eat brisket sandwiches and have a big wedding. Yeah. We're going to drink all, of, all, the, all the Bucky's coffee and eat all that. Oh, Paul loves their uh, beef jerky. Paul, we're going to eat every kind of beef jerky there is, brother. <laughs> Paul walks through the beef jerky. He goes, I'll get this one. You get that one. Oh, we got to try that one. Let's get some of that, too. Have you ever heard of that? No, put a piece of that in there. <laughs> Why? It's a party. We're going to be at the wedding feast of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. We're going to be in heaven celebrating for a long time. And then at the Battle of Armageddon, when the whole world wants to destroy Israel, the Bible says that the sky is going to open. And on a jet black sky, riding a white stallion, <laughs> it'll be Jesus. You want to know who I am? I'm right here. You can't miss me. You're going to know who I am. And when he steps out on that black backdrop on that white horse, the very thing that Justin said is going to happen. A nuclear explosion of the glory of God is going to hit the earth. And in, and in just a matter of a nanosecond, the enemy is destroyed. The Bible says in just that fast, in the twinkling of an eye, when the Jews in Israel see the sky open and they see Jesus on the white horse, they're going to cry. And they're going to say, he really is Messiah. And instantly, the nation's going to believe in him. Instantly, the Jews are going to say, Jesus is Lord, and they're going to be instantly saved. Amen. See, that's prophecy that gives you encouragement. This is what you live for. Wait expectantly for him. Read the Bible prophecy. Know the Bible prophecy. And when you lose your job because economic collapse is happening, glory be to God, it's a road sign. I'm about 50 miles away from Bucky's now. <laughs> when the economy collapses and I'm sitting at Mandy's kitchen with Nick and he goes, how many rounds do you got? And I say, this is what I got. How many rounds do you got? This is what I got. We're about 20 miles from Bucky's. <laughs> how long do we got to hang out? I don't know, Sally. Come on over to the house. We'll figure something out. I'm sure we can scarf up a piece of bologna from somewhere. Yeah. We're a couple of miles from Bucky's. And just before the whole thing goes berserk, and just when it looks like it is absolutely, positively, 100% over, and you put on the evening news and you think, America's done, the world is done. Look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Church, Jesus, the world is going to go to hell in a handbasket and America is going to go with it because they don't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But we, the church, we ain't going down, we're going up. We ain't going down, Danny, we're going up. In the twinkle of an eye, we're going up. I want to encourage everybody watching online today and everybody in this room, you need to pray the salvation prayer. And pray the prayer of safety. And you need to make sure. It's in moments like these and in messages like this that God says, you better check yourself. Because if you get the buckies, if, if we go on the buckies and you don't get to go, you're not going to be happy. Don't miss the rapture of the church. Don't miss it. You need to make sure Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. And the way you do that is you acknowledge that you have not always placed God first in your life. The way you do that is you acknowledge, Lord, I've sinned. And I'm separated from God because of my sin. But Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. And I believe that you died on a cross to pay the penalty for my sin. And I believe that you rose from the dead on the third day. And today, as a sinner, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sins. I know, Jesus, I can't save myself. So right now, I invite you, Jesus, into my life. Forgive me of my sins and make me right with God and secure my eternal destiny in heaven. 
I place the full weight of all my trust on you, Jesus. I commit my life to you, Jesus. I thank you for giving me the salvation in your Holy Spirit today. I declare Jesus is the Lord of my life. I'm encouraging everybody in this room, online, don't miss the rapture. When you see these signs, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Play that song, Paul. Jesus is coming. People get ready. 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 Jesus is coming. Why don't you stand your feet? We're going to sing that song as soon as he gets it playing. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Come on. Crank it up, Brother Paul. I want them to sing it with all their heart. Come on. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming, church. Jesus is coming. This world has nothing for me. I find my peace and joy. It's only in you. Oh, someone should get happy today. I gave my heart and life to Jesus. Hallelujah.
give him a shout. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. People get ready. Jesus is coming. Amen. Father, I thank you for the prophetic word. And I thank you, Father, that the prophetic word gives us great hope, God. Father, today we hope in you. We hope in you, God. We expectantly hope in you, God. We thank you for the road signs. Prepare our hearts and prepare our lives as we leave this place. We thank you for today's service in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Lord bless you. Don't forget this afternoon at 3.30, we do have a celebration of life for Judy Ladner. Uh, after that service, we will have an ice cream fellowship in her honor. And please come back and be with us. Amen. Lord bless you. Try